0: following is a chapter reading by the Worm Audiobook Project. Please support the original author at parahumans.wordpress.com. Thank you, and enjoy. Interlude 10 I'm letting you go, Regent lied. He made Shadowstalker drop on all fours on the ground and forced a grunt from her mouth. With the same ease as he moved his own body, he made her load a bolt and spin to pointer crossbow at him. There was no danger of her shooting him. He was fully in control from start to finish. He could feel her striving and straining to move her finger, to pull the trigger and plant an arrow just above his collarbone. Every iota of her willpower must have been focused on the task. There's a catch, he spoke. My power? Once I figured someone out, it's a lot easier to control them after. Anytime you come near me, I can do this. I can use my power and retake control in the blink of an eye. He had her raise her crossbow and pointed at her temple. Next time I get control, I'm keeping you for a full day. Maybe two if I feel like pulling an all-nighter. And here's the funny part, there was no humor in his voice. I'm going to do it even if I'm in civilian clothes, if my power tells me you're in range. You won't even know when it's coming. You're nigh a liability to the wards, and you won't even know when or where I'm going to get control again. Unless you leave, skip town, join another team. He had her nod, stiffly awkwardly. He felt her rising heartbeat, the slight increase in her breathing, which he managed, controlled. Her muscles clenched, an involuntary reaction just beyond the scope of his control. She'd realized what he was doing. Rather, she knew what he wasn't doing. He wasn't letting her go. Now, let's walk you off to the end of the city before I release you. I don't think you're quite stupid enough to try and follow us, but I think my teammates would be more comfortable if they were sure. He rolled his eyes. That said, he turned her around, activated her power, and walked through the door. Regent looked at the others. Good enough? Using the shadow form, she could cover a lot of ground very quickly. For long moments, he exercised her power, the ability to be as light as a feather, enjoyed it. He even liked the running, too, when he turned off her power and liked it. This girl was in good shape. He could tell she exercised regularly and that she ran on a regular basis. Running was almost effortless, and it felt good. Even with the aches and pains of the recent brawl, Months or years of practice had fine-tuned her body. Fighting had been much the same way, but it had been even better. Her muscle memory had been so primed for punching, kicking, takedowns, and evading that he'd almost been able to let her go on autopilot, letting her body handle things on its own. Not that he could, really, but it had been easy. He loved that sort of thing. Maximum reward for minimum effort. The same philosophy of minimizing the work he had to put in, sticking to what he enjoyed and the things that interested him, it was an advantage here. Brian, Lisa, and Taylor had their own dynamic. They were friends. He considered Brian a friend, but it was more along the lines of someone he could play video games with, talk about movies. It wasn't much different from if they were coworkers, or roommates. He smiled at the thought. They kind of were, when it came down to it. Regent knew he was a background character, for the most part. He played along. He didn't make waves, he didn't stand out, he wasn't close to any of the others. He was cool with that. In fact, it suited him perfectly. He was cool that because when it meant that they were all heading out to Coil... Nobody would notice he was distracted, or that he wasn't joining the conversation. His control got worse as the distance between himself and his puppets widened, which meant he had to devote more focus to Shadowstalker in the act of keeping her movements fluid. He ran into the same issues when he controlled more people, and there was the irritating side effect that his own coordination, speech, and fluidity of movement all suffered to the same extent that his puppets did. Were he to open his own mouth now and speak to Brian or Taylor, he might stutter or slur his words. It was almost more trouble than it was worth. Almost. He was surprised to realize how much he had missed this. It was like a high, a whole other set of emotions, of physical sensations. Real life? Just being Alec? Only Alec? It paled in comparison. It was dull. He wondered sometimes if dealing with his father had messed up something inside him. He could remember being young, eight or so, fighting with two of his sisters over the fact that he'd wanted to watch the music channel and they wanted to watch some craptastic stop motion cartoon. Then I remembered him two to one and he'd known he'd lose the argument. So he'd thrown a tantrum, started screaming. The entire atmosphere in the house had changed in a second. His sisters went from argumentative to conciliatory in an instant, changed the channel with the music, and tried to give him the remote. One of his father's girls came in and tried to quiet him down. When he hadn't, she had clamped a hand over his mouth. It hadn't been enough. Dear old dad had come marching out of the master bedroom. nikos Vasile, heartbreaker. Tall, with a muscled, lanky physique, long hair plastered to his head with sweat. His father had taken two or three seconds to assess the situation using his power on Alec, his two sisters, and the girl with a hand over Alec's mouth. He hit each of them with stark terror, the kind of fear you experienced you your claustrophobic and you woke up in a coffin six feet underground. Then his father had gone back to the bedroom and slammed the door behind him. "'It had been around summer when that happened,' Alec mused. "'He didn't have many ways to tell time, back then, since he hadn't gone to school, and the days kind of passed. Still, it had been hot,' he remembered. "'Between that summer and Christmas, Alec hadn't opened his mouth to speak once.' That was only one of a dozen or so experiences that came to mind. So yeah, maybe father had broken something in the process. Maybe it had been the emotional equivalent of staring into the sun for too long, too many times, being left almost half blind. Or maybe it was his own power. He could be two, three, or four people at the same time, feeling what they felt. By the time he was a teenager, he had experienced every kind of drug in someone else's body. Had slept with himself as various boys and girls. How was being just ordinary Alex supposed to compare? Shadow Stalker wasn't emotionally dulled. Her emotions were rich, uninhibited. She was passionate in her feelings, angry, judgmental. Even the negative feelings were something he could savor in their own way. He wasn't really experiencing them. It was more of an involved spectator role. Her fear was thrilling, in the same way a fantastic scary movie was, with the detail and immersion cranked up to 11. He leapt straight up into the air, then activated the shadow state. When she was as high as she would get, he had to grip her cloak in her hands and use it to guide her descent so she could land atop the roof of the gas station. He stopped, stretched her arms. She was breathing hard, but not as much as his Alec self would be even after half as much running. He could feel the endorphins being pumped into her body from the hard exercise, and he was all the more aware of it because he had his other body to compare to. She was an athlete. He ran her hands down her chest, felt her breasts, the muscle of her stomach. Stretching once more, he clenched her hands, felt the muscles in her arms flex. He felt her shudder in revulsion. Almost forgot you were in there, he murmured, barely loud enough for her to catch. Not that it mattered. She was as aware of the movements of her mouth as he was. He could have mouthed the words, and she would probably understand. He smirked for her benefit as much as his own. So, bet you're wondering what's up, he commented. Funny thing about having this control over you. I can feel your emotions, your body's reactions. Like a really, really good polygraph test. I wasn't even half done saying my piece back there when I caught on to the fact that you were too pissed and angry to back down and walk away. There's no way you're going to leave town if I let you go, right? He felt her struggle to open her mouth and respond. He could have let her, by giving her some limited control over her own movements, but he didn't. Right, so I'm taking it upon myself to ensure this all goes smoothly. My teammates have other shit to worry about, and I'm kind of enjoying flexing my powers. So I'm dealing with the situation myself. You and I? We're going another route. He fished in her belt and pockets and began withdrawing the contents. He tossed the things he couldn't use over the edge of the roof. Billfold, spare cartridges for the crossbow, a small knife, spare strings for the crossbows. Keys and a Ward's ID card fell to the ground on the side of the gas station in a near and near an overflowing dumpster. There were plastic cuffs in the belt, but he couldn't be bothered to fish out every last one and throw them all away. At the right hip, he found two cell phones. Success. One of the phones looked years out of date. The screen was scuffed so badly it was barely readable, and the plastic cover for the plug slot at the bottom was missing. The other was touch touchscreen smartphone. He didn't recognize the make or model, and the interface when he turned it on and touched, the screen was unfamiliar. Special issue for the wards? Whatever, not important. The smartphone was password-protected, that was more Lisa's thing, but he did have one trick up his sleeve. Holding her fingers above the keypad, he let them follow through with the most natural feeling sequence of numbers, ingrained into the mind-body connection through the habitual repetition of a sequence of movements over weeks or months. Muscle memory. It took two tries. The first felt slightly off at the end. The second was spot on, and was rewarded with a vibration of the phone in a menu. Contacts, he murmured, pressing a button. Weld, clock blocker, Vista, Fletchit, Kidwin, boring. Nothing I can work with here. Director Pigget. Piggott? No. Some potential there maybe, which is probably on top of the body-snatching situation, fully informed. He scrolled down. Beyond the contacts that had been pinned on top of the list, there was a short list of contacts that were assorted in order of who had been contacted most recently. At the top of the list was an Emma Barnes. He checked the other, older phone. No password. A quick examination showed it was her civilian phone. Taking this out on patrol? Is that stupidity or arrogance? What if you lost it? He shook her head, then offered her a dramatic gasp. <gasps> What if we got into the wrong hands? Her voice was far better to grasp this than his own. He couldn't help but chuckle after hearing it. This Emma girl was listed in both of the phones. Now he had a strong suspicion as to who it was. A quick read of the received texts gave away Shadowstalker's name, but he already knew that. Taylor had let it slip before. Her pulse was pounding now, and he could feel a growing sense of... What was that? Outrage? She was pissed at the invasion of privacy. He tried to giggle on for size, to see if he could, and to see if it irritated her. It worked on both counts. No text messages had been exchanged on the smartphone, so he dug through the archive of old texts in the crummy old phone, lots sent to Emma, some sent to a Madison, others, relatively few, to a Mom, a Terry, and an Alan. When he'd gotten sick of paging through the texts in order that they'd been sent, he went looking through the saved texts, the messages Sophia had deemed important or noteworthy enough to save from being deleted. What he uncovered was telling. He had to do more digging to find out the rest of the discussions for each message Sophia had saved in order to get as much of a sense of things as he could. It was hard, when each series of texts was in response to some event he hadn't participated in. Some were inane. Others he just didn't understand. Then he found one that gave him pause, that confirmed his suspicions about who Emma was. Emma. What are you doing with her bag? Sophia. I'm in art class at the moment. Was thinking I can fill it with paint when Teach leaves. Put it in Lost and found. Her midterm is inside so she might look for it and find it and be all, yay, I found it, and then looks inside and sees it's fucked. Emma. Lol. Sophia. What did you say to make her cry? That was awesome. Blew my mind. Emma. Saved message. Crying herself to sleep for a week? She told me she did it after her mommy died. Sophia. You are so evil. Emma. Yeah, yeah. Sophia. Can I use that one on her? Saving that one for posterity, by the way. Emma. Won't have the same bite to it. Brilliant bit was the surprise, the slow realization about what I meant. Sophia. Teach me, oh master. Emma. Lol. Won't be as good, but I was thinking of that day. I think I remember music we were listening to when she got the phone call about her mom. We should wait a while and see if she cries again and play in the hallways or something before class. Sophia, and we can't get in trouble just for listening to music. Emma, yeah. Sophia, can't believe you were her friend. Emma, she was lame, but not depressing and lame at the same time. Regent closed the phone, threw it casually into the air, and caught it on the way down. He did that a few more times, thinking. Huh, he said. Long seconds passed. He knew that he should feel bad for the dork, but he only felt annoyed. He felt worse about the fact that he didn't feel bad than he did about what he'd just read. Something to think his father for, maybe. You are not a nice person, he spoke to Sophia with a note of irony in his voice. He could feel her try to respond. He smiled slowly. Let's see. He thumbed through the phone's menus until he found an email option. He verified a consent attachments. The smartphone in his other hand, he found the web browser and did a search for local high schools. Hmm, what school do you go to? Arcadia? No. And No. Clarendon? No. Winslow? He felt the slightest reaction from her. A hitching of breath, maybe. And there was nothing she could do to stop it, because the reactions were hers only because they were involuntary. Awesome. He searched for the website for Winslow High School and whistled tunelessly to annoy shadow stalkers he found the teacher's emails. He began painstakingly entering them into the recipient field. When he'd done that, he began the process of attaching texts to the email. It would have been mind-numbingly dull if it wasn't for that gradually building sense of interpretation he was experiencing from his gracious host. He typed out a message for the email itself. Found a phone. Stuff inside is concerning. Thought you should see what your students are doing. Her thumb hovered over the button that would send the email. Nah, he decided, and he felt a wave of relief from his host. That relief swiftly faded as he turned her eyes to the smartphone and searched for the Brockton Bay's police force. When he had added that email to the list, he added another line. Contacting the police to make sure something is done. He sent the email. He felt an explosion of rage from within Shadowstalker's body. Her hands even shook with it. He laughed, and her anger mixed with his amusement to create something that sounded unhinged. Probably was when he thought about it. She had multiple personalities, in a way. He stepped off from the roof, waiting until the last second to use her power. Her body exploded into a cloud of shadows. As she pulled back together, he felt a strong discomfort. Not quite pain. In seconds, she had condensed back into normal form. The pain his host felt was something distant. It didn't bother him half as much. He couldn't be sure if it was because he instinctually prevented it or if it was something else. He resumed his whistling as he hopped onto the railing of a bridge and walked atop it. He dialed Emma and felt a mild reaction for his host, annoyance with a an note of anxiety. Emma picked up on the fourth ring. What the fuck, Soph? What the fuck? It's three a.m. Terribly sorry, Regent tried to sound convincing, but it came out sounding sarcastic. You said you'd call me hours ago to give me a recap. I'm sorry. Regent didn't trust himself enough to pull off a sincere apology, so he lowered her voice to a hush instead. What's going on? I needed to talk to someone, he spoke. Are you hurt? What happened? Nothing. There was this brawl at headquarters. Dragon showed up, but that isn't what I wanted to talk about. Regent held his breath, waited. Seriously, you've got me worried. You're making it sound like this important thing, and you woke me up at ten past three in the morning, so it better be important. Dish, explain. I'm lonely. Emma's voice rose in pitch, irritated. Seriously? That's your issue? I miss you. He knew she wasn't in town from most recent texts he'd read on the phone. This doesn't sound like you. Are you high, or did you get poisoned or something? I really miss you, Regent breathed into the phone. What? I've been in love with you from the beginning. Sophia, stop. If this is a prank, why do you think I pushed you to turn on the depressing little shit of a friend way back then? I was jealous of her. This is retarded. Don't fucking call me again till you're ready to grow up, Emma growled. "'Please!' Regent managed to pull off a pleading tone, but Emma was already hanging up. He heard the dial tone and swore, "'Fuck!' He hopped down from the railing as they reached the end of the bridge. He commented, "'Don't think she bought it.' Sophia tried to respond, and for the first time she almost succeeded. The distance between Alec and Shadowstalker was too wide now. It would only get worse. He could feel it in his other body, too. "'Let's see,' he grinned, raising the smartphone. Her hand shook as she held it. "'Ooh, maps!' The map application still showed the last route Shadowstalker had requested from it, detailing directions from a point in the south end of the docks to a place downtown. 36 Stone Mast Avenue. Again that slight reaction from her told him he had found something. That got your attention. Let's go pay a visit. He set the phone to display directions from the current location to Stone Mast Avenue, and then ran once more. Her movements were more awkward now, her reflexes were slower, her balance worse. Activating her power was becoming a chore, slower, harder process. Above all, it required more of his attention. He had his regent self put on some headphones and turn on some music. It was an excuse to ignore the others, and to have his attention elsewhere. They weren't at their destination yet. Shadowstalker reached Stone Mast Avenue before regent, Tattletail, Skitter, Imp, and Gru got to Coil. It was funny, but with the route they were taking, the timing was a little different. The group could have theoretically crossed paths with Shadowstalker. At least his control was improving as the gap between them closed. Thirty-five, thirty-four, thirty-three... It was a residential area. The houses here weren't in the best shape, and a lot of the houses had trash or belongings in the yard. 33 Stonemast Avenue had a toddler's toy sitting in the front lawn. The hedges between the property and the neighbors was overgrown, and the tree at the front of the property looked dead. It might have seemed deserted, but someone had taken up the effort of picking up the detritus the tidal wave had brought in and piling it in the front corner of the lawn by the driveway. He walked through the front door, felt rising anger and worry from his host. The anger and worry peeped on a young man, 19 or 20, stepped from the living room to the front hall, leading towards the kitchen. He saw her. The man stopped and stared. Mom! he shouted. A tired-looking, middle-aged woman entered from the kitchen, holding a four-year-old in her arms. Agent had grown up around a lot of kids. He liked to think he was a good judge of ages. The woman stared at Shadowstalker, then turned. Terry, take your sister upstairs. But now! the woman barked. Terry moved to pick up the child, who was looking increasingly concerned over the raised emotions and strange person in their hallway. Regent reached out and grabbed Terry's arm. Chill, bro. Regent was making a guess here. From the way the boy stared at Shadowstalker, he knew he'd hit the mark. Sophia? Yeah, Regent grinned behind her mask. Duh, moron. The woman stepped between Shadowstalker and Tony, a look of fury on her face. Sophia! Kitchen! Now! With a swagger, Regent walked Shadowstalker into the kitchen. There was a flurry of hissed words between Terry and Shadowstalker's mother. Among them was the surprised hurt. You knew? Regent sat down at the kitchen table and put her feet up. Dirty water pooled on the table's surface. It was nearly a minute before the mother came storming into the kitchen. She pushed Shadowstalker's feet off the table. Explain, she demanded. What? Regent lifted one shoulder in a shrug. We had a deal. You could do this thing of yours, but your siblings were not to know. It's a pain in the ass, Regent said. He pulled off Shadowstalker's mask and started tapping the edge against the table, idly. It's the rules in my house. If it's going to keep you out of prison and on straight and narrow, fine, but I'll not have you glorifying violence. The mother stopped mid-sentence as Regent opened up Shadowstalker's mouth in a very real yawn. The funny thing was that his other self yawned as well, in a sympathetic reaction to someone else yawning. The mother slapped the mask from Sophia's hand. It clattered to the ground. Listen to me! Whatever. Regent drew a crossbow and turned it over in his hands. The mother stared at it. Her voice was hushed as she spoke. That doesn't look like the tranquilizer jar that the director showed me. Regent quirked an eyebrow. Oops. What are you doing, Sophia? Do you want to go to jail? I'm bored, Regent replied. You do not have the right to complain about something like being bored. I work two jobs for you three. I put in overtime. I attend every school function. I come into the office every time you get reprimanded because you've got anger issues. You aren't even taking care of your sister or helping out around this house. What do you think? And now you're making me even more bored. Regent cut her off. The mother slapped Sophia so hard that her head turned to one side, her cheek burned. Don't you dare, the mother intoned. Shadowstalker stood at Regent's direction, then pointed the crossbow at the mother. The woman's eyes widened, and she hurried to back away as Shadowstalker advanced. They stopped when the mother's back was to the wall of the kitchen door, with Shadowstalker's crossbow bolt pressed against her throat. I think I'm done with listening to you whine, Regent whispered. What are you doing? What's wrong with you? Like you said, Regent shrugged, anger problems. I promise you, you don't have the slightest idea of what i go through. When in doubt, be vague. If you're talking about Stephen, Stephen, Regent could feel a, a reaction from Shadowstalker at the name. I'm not talking about Stephen. He put some inflection in the name. He dropped the crossbow to one side, stepped away and stretched. The mother didn't budge from where she was pressed up against the wall. I'm going to my room. Don't disturb me. He bent down and grabbed the mask, but he didn't put it back on. He stepped out into the hallway and saw a vacuum cleaner parked in the corner. An extension cord trailed from it to a neighboring room. An office? He unplugged the cord from the wall and vacuum, and then headed upstairs, winding the cord into a simple coil. Shadowstalker's body was a cocktail of emotion. Fear, anxiety, worry, panic, and sheer fury. Regent staved off the worst of her physical reactions. The trembling and the heavy breathing. He managed to make Shadowstalker seem calm as she reached the top of the stairs. Terry was up there in the hallway, staring, uncomprehending. Regent found her room, then shut the door. It was small, old-fashioned, with wood paneling in the walls. The furniture was limited to a twin-sized bed. A vanity with a mirror, candles and cosmetics littering the top. A bookshelf and a combination computer desk and dresser with a computer and printer perched on top. The wall behind the picture showed Shadowstalker with a red-headed girl. There were lots of photos of them laughing. Emma? Emma, he asked. That slight alteration in her heartbeat and breathing told him he was right. He found a picture of Shadowstalker. Sophia, with her family. Her mom looked younger, far less tired there, and was pregnant. Shadowstalker looked 12 or so, and her brother looked 16 or 17, sporting a fantastic-looking afro and less fantastic attempt at a mustache. They were clustered around one another, but only the mom was smiling. Regent's eyes fell on the man who was cut out of the photo, only his hand on the mom's shoulder, and a sliver of torso and leg were visible at the edge of the picture. Stephen? he asked. Raw hatred boiled up in Shite Shadowstalker both the region and the man that couldn't be seen in the picture. Stephen. So, what did they do to you? Believe me, I've seen it all. Hit you? Touch you? No reaction from either of those. Verbal abuse, emotional, something else. He didn't care enough to quiz for more. He grabbed the lighter from beside the scented candles and began pulling photos off the wall. Using the lighter, he burned a hole in the photograph where Emma's face was. Well, he said, his tone dry. He had to cough to keep himself from letting her anger turn his voice into a growl. You sure rose above that shit, treating your classmates like you do, and getting in fights not helping out your dear old mom. Again, he had to struggle to maintain control, as she exploded with emotion. It didn't help that his other self was trying to listen to coil was saying, better to avoid testing her. You and I are more alike than you'd suspect, I think, he said. We're both arrogant assholes, yeah? Difference is, I admit it, I don't dress it up and tell myself I'm a bitch and that it's a good thing. He burned Emma's face out of another photo. So let's tie all this shit together. I have been working with a goal in mind, believe me. He got a piece of paper off the printer, and then found a pen in one of the drawers. He was careful to rely on her when it came to handwriting. I thought I could manage. I'm too angry, too lonely. I hate myself for what I'm doing, hurting people. I hurt my mom. I hurt my classmates as Sophia. I hurt people as Shadowstalker, and I hate myself for enjoying it. I thought I could manage it. I had Emma. She had my back. Except she turned me down. I loved her. I really loved her, and when I confessed, she turned me away, acted like it was a joke. This is the right thing to do. I won't be able to hurt anyone anymore. Terror surged through her body, like ice water. When he laughed in reaction, it came out shaky. He littered the burned photographs around the piece of paper, with Emma's face missing from each. Then drew an arrow from the crossbow's cartridge and laid it across the bottom edge of the paper. It was overtramatic enough to work. He stood on the chair and began wrapping the extension cord around the base of a light fixture. He grabbed the cord and hung off it for a few seconds to verify it could hold her weight. The light fixture itself was flimsy, but the frame it was attached to was bolted securely to the wooden beams of the ceiling. He found moisturizers and soaps on top of the vanity. Using them, he rubbed the end of the extension cord, making it slick. Holding the end, he began tying it into a crude hangman's knot. When he failed to do it right, he used his smartphone to find a video of how to tie one, then turned the volume all the way down. Here's the thousand-dollar question, he mused as he began following the steps outlined in the video, putting the knot together. Will your boss tell your mom what happened with me controlling you? If she keeps her mouth shut, well, this paints a pretty ugly picture, doesn't it? A tear rolled down his cheek. He scoffed a little, blinking tears out of her eyes. But if she does tell, if she lets mommy know, then shit hits the fan. It looks pretty fucking bad for her. And if work gets out, it's as bad as it gets for public relations. Scary, dangerous parahumans. Not just lives at risk, but you could be controlled. Ooh, scary. Nobody would ever be able to trust their coworkers or neighbors the kind of stuff they want to keep quiet. Looks bad for me, sure, but you saw the fight earlier. It's not like you guys were that big of a threat. Like I said, I'm arrogant that way. He reached to plug the extension cord into the wall, but found it too short. He sighed and went to unplug everything from the computer's power bar and used that to extend the length of the cord so he could plug it in. He grabbed her alarm clock, stood on the chair, and plugged it into the noose. He put her hood down, then set the alarm clock on her hood. Blinking. Twelve, twelve, twelve. Any last words? He slid the noose around her neck. It was slimy with the soaps and other shit he'd poured on it. He gave her enough control to speak, but retained control of her arms and legs so she couldn't escape, and held her diaphragm so she couldn't draw in enough air to scream for help. Why? She breathed. You fucked my teammate, he shrugged her shoulder. Groot? I... He didn't let her finish. I don't know if I care all that much, but it's the sort of thing I'll do just because I feel like I should. Dunno. There's also the fact that you're dangerous and you've outlived your usefulness, so... Unless you can give me a convincing reason... Not that convincing, he raised one foot, and kicked the chair. Hard. It rocked, but didn't tip over. He chuckled lightly, feeling the confusion and relief from his host. It was a thrill unlike any other. I think I've made my point. She wanted to respond, but he didn't let her. She was bewildered, just as scared as she had been before. I'd like to think that you have much less reason to hang around the city than you did an hour ago. Even if she hears you were controlled by yours truly, your mom's not going to be so comfortable having around in the future given the dim possibility of a repeat performance. Things are going to be awkward with Emma there, too. Your career as a hero isn't looking good, either. FYI, I was telling the truth about my ability to assume control faster, easier, if I've controlled someone before. He fisted out a set of plastic cuffs put them around her wrists then worked her fingers to pull the end and cinch the cuffs tight behind her back. I can feel your emotions. I know I've convinced you. You leave town, and you don't want me paying another visit wherever you wind up. Keep your mouth closed about tonight. They don't need to know this was all my doing. Things get messy that way, yeah, He gave her limited control, and she nodded fractionally as if afraid to move. If I do get a control again, I won't pull my punches or my kicks. He tapped her foot against the back of the chair, her heart leapt in her chest. You can't feel my emotions, so you'll have to trust I'm capable of it. You know I'm heartbreakers kid. You know I've killed before again. She offered a slight nod. She tried to speak, but he didn't let her. No need. He could guess, from what she was feeling, the anger was gone now, there was only fear. He glanced out the window, there were flashing lights, a PRT van, maybe a police car, a chuckle escaped her lips. Well, I'll leave it to you to get out of this situation. When you do, get the fuck out of my city. He let out a breath, and then relinquished control of her body back to its owner. Hi, this is Snagger. You just finished listening to a chapter from Arc 10, Parasite. From the web serial *Worm* by Wildbo. This production is brought to you by the Worm Audiobook Project. If you would like to know more about us or to volunteer your own services, please check us out at audioworm.rein-online.org. You can download or listen to every chapter directly from our site, or you can find us on iTunes or any podcast app under *Worm* Audiobook. Thanks for listening.